Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time. That is so true, James. And you know, it's interesting. We're back in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but not where you would think we are. <laughs> like, <I've, laughs> yeah. I I know that sounds like a, such a weird statement to say, but we've been doing some, you know, some season seven time travel stuff. But actually, in fact, we're back in just like regular timeline Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. And if like, you think that's confusing, uh, so did I. Because I, <laughs> for sure, was like, no, this is the thing. Oh, wait, alternate timelines. Ah. Yep, alternate James, you're not thinking are, fourth dimensional. Are jerk, yeah. yeah. And like that's that's what's wild is that like when they first wrote this episode, they were surely like, this will never be in conflict with anything else that we could write. Right. But where we are is we are now into 1970. That's exciting. Mm. Huge jump. Now, where did granted, the 60s go? Who knows? Um, you know, knock on wood, we may never get a 1960s episode. Truth be told. I like I feel like that's a wild thing to say, but like as of right now, which is February second, twenty twenty three. Uh huh. As of right now, there are no nineteen sixties in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's yeah. almost as if the entire universe just did a ten year time time jump. Yeah, for sure. Um, the nothing. Nothing happened yeah. uh, in the sixties. They were like, "Wow, really weird decade." All the villains were just like, "Ah, we don't have the funds." To do it, or like we're like trying to actually help the space race, maybe I don't know. Yeah, protesting um, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, okay, now that that's done, back to yeah. fighting the the fight, right? We're, um, we're gonna continue trying to take over the world right after Woodstock. I swear to God, when Jimi Hendrix is done, it's back to the lab. It's back to the lab. But like, I goddamn, do I want to find out if he said touch the sky or kiss this guy? Uh-huh. It's just driving me nuts. Um. Okay, or kiss the sky, kiss the sky, whatever. Uh, I don't know why I said touch for whatever reason. Uh, But what we are going to be touching on today is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's something. Uh, Season 3, Episode 16. So what you're going to do is you're going to start the episode and stop at 1 minute and 54 seconds. Then you're going to start at 7 minutes and 23 seconds and go until 9.13. Then you're going to skip forward to 17 minutes and 6 seconds and end at 18.33. So not a long amount of clips, right? So we got about two minutes, then another two minutes, and then about a minute and a half. So you're coming in under under double digits, you know? Yeah. So here is what happens overall in these scenes. A man approaches Gideon, mentioning how his father will be missed. Gideon promises that they will continue his work. As the man leaves, his brother Nate approaches. They argue about whether or not they're going to go see Daniel Whitehall. Wait, do they say Whitehall? Yeah, that's a it's a that, continuity error. That's what I thought too. Because yeah. I, I wrote down Whitehall, but then I was like, wait, did I get that right? Uh, yeah. So they say whether or not they're going to go see Daniel Whitehall, and eventually realize that they have no other choice. So the two brothers enter the car to go see him. Later, they arrive at his cell. And they begin to rush through the conversation as much as they can, kind of basically demanding to know why they're meeting with him. And he explains that they are 18 and of age now, so they must select a way forward in Hydra. Remember the 1839. Oh, mm-hmm, yes. Um, he finds their family's tradition to be barbaric and archaic, but their father wasn't a fool. 
And Daniel then explains to them how he has survived all of those years to escape the stone ceremony's fate. At the end of the day, the brothers are in their father's office discussing Whitehall's words. Gideon finds it hard to believe that their father would cheat, but Nate shows him the replacement stone uh, that was hidden in uh, uh, that was hidden away in a copy of Paradise Lost, by the way, and how his father would slip it in, feel for the notch, and would then avoid a terrible fate. Nate calls their father a coward and a liar. Gideon then says that while their father may not be who they thought he was, their family has kept up the faith for centuries, and that won't stop them. They will be better men. Can find a better man. So that is that's this episode. Yes. Um I thought really hard about this for a minute, and I was like, you know, what can I do with this one? Because there's not much to like look at in terms of like historical accuracy or anything like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so really kind of all I came down to. Actually, sorry, I guess I should say, what are your thoughts on this scene before I get into any kind of questions or anything like that or hostions? Well, uh, before, um, I'm going to tell you right now that this is wrong, but when the two guys were standing together, I've been watching a lot of Letterkenny, and the guy that plays uh, uh, Gideon, young Gideon Malik, looks exactly like the character of Jonesy, one of the hockey players, mm. to the point where I was like, wait, is is that? So... I sort of expected a little bit of a back and forth that they did not have because they were playing mm-hmm. rival brothers in a non-comedy uh, sort of setting. Um, right, yes. This. And also there are Hydra agents. So it's like. Right, right. They don't All have those fun, things. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> Hydra boys, time for the Hydra. Um, He'd be like, find oh, I don't know what you're boys. doing there. And he's like, what are you yeah. talking about? I was like, okay, well, no fun yeah. for me, I guess. Black ones, not white ones. Hey, boys. Um God, that's a good show. Anyways, uh, so yeah, my, my main thoughts show. on this are I like how it ties into that 1839 scene. Um, and I also like how uh, Wilfred Malik is a character that we know from an alternate timeline. But we they don't mention that that's who it is. But we know that that's who it is. Right. Like, Correct. because we've spent so much time in 1931 and also, uh, you know, a little bit in 1955. We know who Wilford Malik is. And so this is like, Oh, that's his kid sort of moving forward. Well, it's also cool because it's like, we mention in one of the earlier 1931 episodes. Yes. When they re- recognize Freddie Malik, they go father to Gideon Malik. Right. Right. Because they realize that this is their enemy. Right. Right. That Gideon Malik is an enemy to them and he is going to end up being their father. So when he's like, I don't even have a kid. They're like, Oh, but you, but you will. And he's like, what? You know, so it's like, so there, there's this whole like, you know, again, they have the knowledge of the future. Right. He does not. Right. And so like, that's this thing of like, then we now know if you're, even if you're listening in chronological order and you have not met Gideon yet, you at least know that they have run into him. Right. And so then when they say Gideon, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, they mentioned him in 1931 episode number 40. Is that really where it is? Did you just yeah. find that immediately? That's incredible. Well, I already have him out because I had to put him on 1955. Mm, uh, good point. Good point. Good three, point. Three. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So it's like they they know we like we know of him, you know, to some extent yeah. in in timeline scavengers. So it's like fun to then see him here. And yeah. then it's like, ooh, we're moving forward. And it is interesting that they don't say like, "Hey, your old man Freddie, great guy." Right. You know, they don't. No say one calls that. him Freddie. 
Right. That's true. Not anymore. Yeah. Which I also think is very, very fun. You know, that like he's he's like, oh, I'm maturing. I don't go by Freddie anymore. You know? Yeah. And I, uh, I Dad, think I think I'd fun. like you to call me Dan now. Dan. Yeah. End of Teen Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, Gideon. What would he even go by? Giddy. Yeah. Uh, G. G. Oh yeah. He's like he's like call me G Man or whatever. He's like I yeah, will not I be will doing not. that. No, no, no. Dion. Um, Dion. Actually, it's not bad. Yeah. Dion's Dion's a solid name. Um, Gideon to me sounds either too similar to Giddy Up, mm-hmm. or to me every time I see it, I feel like someone misspelled pigeon. Oh sure. Sure. Every time I see that name, I go Gideon, and like it, it literally takes me a second before I go. That is a name. That's right. That's it. Yeah. There's that. It's, it's also really the, weird. The, the um. There's a, you know, that they do the Bibles in the hotel rooms. Gideon Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. I don't think of the Gideon Bible. Like Rocky Raccoon. I think. Yes, I was like, where, where in music do I hear the song, the word Gideon? Good. Yes. Um. But I don't apparently think of Rocky Raccoon. Or the actual Bible. I think of uh, John Voight in the first Mission Impossible movie going, those damn Gideons. They marked the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, which is kind of a, a little bit of a spoiler for Mission Impossible, the 1996 movie. So, um, I guess, uh, you know. But sorry. also, like, if you're going spoiler for something that came out back then, like, by now, it, that's and on And for, you. like, what I just said, like, you have to do some work to get to... Uh, yeah. To figure that out, yeah. Yeah. Figure it out. All right. Uh, and then... <laughs> oot. Figure and for that, oot. I'm oot. I'm oot. <laughs> uh, can I do, as part of my what did I think about this, I have a very, very quick why that date. Is that... Is yeah, yeah, a, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Let's kick so it in. This is some, off. somewhere about uh, pitter-patter. Um <laughs> This is on the MC Wiki. They have it somewhere in like April, like April 18th uh, of um, 1970. And I have a, a why that date. So let's play that theme. Okay. And the answer is, no, uh, it's 1970. <laughs> I could find literally nothing. Literally, absolutely this. nothing. You can tell it's definitely not winter. Uh-huh. Right, because they're not like in heavy coast and everything like that. Right, um, but are they in California? I don't think so. No, because hang on, I'm trying to remember. Because we do know, okay. Because Wilfred Mallet lived in LA in 1955. True, but I think, and I could be wrong on this. I, I'll double check, but I think I want to say they're back in New York now. But I could be wrong on that. Hmm. I'll double check. But I could have sworn that the Malik estate was back in New York. Okay, I believe but, you. But I mean, Jump again, i I could be I could be wrong on that. I think it's also because like it's so hard to not consider Shield not being New York based as well. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, or or DC. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. a lot of their stuff is like, and you know, DC is always you know relevant and. Well, not Marvel, ca- am I right? Ca- yeah, wa- Washington, the capital. Yeah, Washington, the capital, correct. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I, I Interesting. think yeah. that I, I could be wrong on that. I, I, I could have sworn it was in like the like the, the kind of fancy part of New York, you know what I mean? And that's that's the only um, 
the only reason why I brought up that are they in California is just a contrarian like you know do mm-hmm. we know that it made me a bla- just a hoot in English class. Yeah, yeah. So and, that's uh, a, who on this show? I mean, <clears> so oh, there's been uh, an infestation of owls. That's it. That's all that I have. It's I mean, it's a scene that's that's really it's weird to watch these two sort of worlds collide, like these two Hydra worlds collide, like mm-hmm. the Nazi version and the like occult version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I I thought long and hard about this, James, and I thought I could get into some like really kind of deep stuff here, you know, in terms of like who was someone that you thought you knew and then it turns mm-hmm. out you really didn't. But I just feel like that's such a bummer, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to lean in on part of the tradition thing that they get into okay. on this show. Tradition, say, tradition. Tradition. Bum, 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 bum. Tradition. Tradition. Okay, so <clears throat> no, so let's talk tradition though. Okay. What is a tradition that has been in your family that like that either you think still to this day where you're like, I can't believe we've kept up with this to this day, or that you're like, I love that we do this to this day. Um, what's the what's the uh what's the time code that we're looking for? What do you mean? Like like there are traditions that Kristen and I have with the kids. Or are you talking I mean, like more I, generations than that? I, I mean, if if it's something that you just started, that's fine. If but I mean, but I mean, like, if it's more of like a you started, then you went. I can't believe this this took off. Then that we still do it, you know, like like that's kind of like surprising, yeah. but like fun. We, and that's fine. We go to both uh, Hershey Park and Rehoboth Beach every single year. Um, oh. We uh, like we've gone. I think Hershey Park this year will be six. We didn't go during the pandemic. Sure. But like we, uh, you know, we've gone basically since the kids have been able to ride rides. Um, and it's a, just a, a lot of fun. And it's been interesting to watch the kids sort of age out of rides. This year, Matt is going to be tall enough, too. So we don't have mm. to hit any of those front rides where it's like the train that goes da 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 Which, listen, I'm not in it for like the roller coasters or whatever. That's for Kristen and the kids. And really, that's for Kristen and Lila. And Matt and I will hang out on the bench. Yes. Um, but that's, that's one of the traditions. And then we, we drive up to Rehoboth for the day, uh, at some point during the summer. Um, we try not to hit like heavy, like everyone's there sort of days. And also not heavy, like, uh, we can't walk on the sand because our feet will burn. Right. Um, but, uh, somewhere, you know, around there, um, early summer sometimes. And, uh, you know, we eat at Nicola pizza there and get our Nicobolis for the year. There's a bookstore that we take a picture out of. Usually, sometimes we do like a Father's Day sort of weekend or like a Father's mm-hmm. Day sort of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so we'll t- I'll take a picture with the kids in front of this bookstore. It's just a fun time, and it's just a sort of a day, a day trip, and and on for both of you know Hershey Park in one day and Hoboth on some other day, and it's uh, it's been sort of a thing that we've that I think it, it's definitely a thing where it's like, huh, we've just kept on doing it and to this point where the kids like hey kids what do you want to do this summer well hershey of course and you know mm-hmm. and then chris and i are more in the well rehoboth too so yeah what about you what do you got besides um, spaghetti sauce yeah uh so i think the thing for me would probably maybe be as far as like i don't know maybe this isn't that surprising because what i'm thinking is is like there's a tradition that like I, I it's been started I think before even I was born, which is that when you watch the Macy's Day Parade in our family, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, James knows exactly what it is. That when you see Santa at the end of the Macy's Day Parade and when Santa waves to you because he's waving to the camera, sure. if he's waving to you, you need to wave back because you know he sees you when you're sleeping, knows when you're awake, right? Sure. So if he's waving to you- He knows when you, you a wave. Yeah, and there you go. So you have to wave back or else he won't bring you presents, right? Right. And so because of social media, uh, of course, you know, over the years, I've shared many a video of our family waving to the TV. And so ages ago, like at the early starts of Instagram kind of thing, you know, posting that sort of thing, people were like, why are you posting this? Like, what is the point of this? And I was like, we do this every year and this is the reason. And people were like, that's silly. That's weird, right? Yeah. But now- What's funny is, is that half of the people that said that's weird, right, now send me videos of them and their family waving to Santa because I almost feel like they said it out loud and then someone's like, oh, like probably their mom or someone's like, oh, that's cute though. We should do that. And then they did it and then now they're hooked on it, right? What's that thing also so, maybe where it's like it started off as them like, oh, he does this and then it's like it turns, it's that thing where it turns from ironic into sincere. Right. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> the very best of, of redemptions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but I don't know if that's that it's surprising. I mean, this is the same family that will watch White Christmas like three days in a row kind of thing. Right. So, I have a question about your tradition. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the movie Miracle on 34th Street? Yeah. In that movie, mm-hmm. the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is depicted. In that movie, if you were watching that movie as a family, now I know, you know, most of your holiday movies taken up by uh, White Christmas over and over again, but... Uh, if you were to watch that movie, would you feel like you would need to wave or that's not a current Santa, so you don't need to appease the Santa God? <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I don't think that we have, as a family, like watched that movie that many times. Yeah. I could, I, I will say, I mean, like, I enjoy the movie, but like, it's not my favorite. It's a, it's a, um, it's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could probably tell you how many times I've watched that movie. Honestly, like I would, I would definitely argue I've seen it. Less than twenty, right? Is that is Which that including like, both versions, the Mara Wilson version and also the? Not? I don't think I've ever saw, seen the Mara Wilson version. Oh. I think I've only seen the original. Um, if I have seen the other version, it's it was once. You know the mom mean? is someone I, I, I seem to recall that was you know sort of a Julie Bowen sort of uh, character, like a kind of every every woman sort of nineties right. sort of lady, right? Yeah. Um, but like, I, I there's a possibility that we have waved in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that feels the same because sure. it's, I mean, kind of like you said, it's not live at that moment. Right. Right. So like, I feel like that's the difference is the fact that like, that's actually like same with like, you know how sometimes when you're living in like a suburban area, they will sometimes have Santa on the back of a fire truck and it'll just like go down the streets. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? And then you no, go yeah, out. Colin. And, yeah, I yeah. do. You want to know how many times we frantically fled our house to try yeah. and go. They changed the Same. route one time. We had to drive our van to find, to try and intersect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, of course, waved to that Santa. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause otherwise he, he once gave me a, a tisk tisk because I was like driving alongside the, the fire truck or something. Like I once got chastised by fire truck Santa. Um, mm. I have a, I have a tradition question. Okay. Besides Christmas mm-hmm. and Halloween, is there another holiday that your family... I don't know if your family has Halloween movie traditions, but I just wanted to cut that one out because I feel like that's the next one. Is there another holiday that your family has like set in stone movie 
traditions. Like tomorrow's ground, today is Groundhog Day. I am always wanting to watch Groundhog Day on Groundhog Day, Independence Day on Independence Day. I rarely do, but it's always on sort of my mind. Does your family have kind of another holiday that you kind of observe? Well, okay. So we definitely for sure like, so, okay. So, you know, how I, I've told before about how white Christmas is like the day after Thanksgiving is like the first time you see that. Sure. I will say Charlie Brown Thanksgiving is always mm. played on Thanksgiving. Interesting. Um, like we definitely watch that for sure. Um, Cause we always have to comment on how there's some really weird stuff in that, in that yeah. one. There's some weird stuff with the way they treat Franklin. It's very, very peculiar. <laughs> Oh, uh, um, our, um, uh, Alice's Restaurant is one for me that I definitely got from my dad that I now do because uh, Kristen not having grown up with the tradition and my kids being kids mm-hmm. can't hang for like an 18-minute uh, folk song. Um, <laughs> I have this feeling that the, the kids are going to come around because they are partially me and they do have like that kind of sense. That they're going to... They're going to like it eventually or else. I'm joking about the or else. Um, but I do like by myself on like a Thanksgiving, find a time to, to sort of listen to that uh, all the way through like my like I did with my dad. So that that's one. Thanksgiving is a good one for sure. Um, I also think that I don't necessarily watch it on the 4th of July, but I'll say like it's either the 4th of July or the 4th of July weekend. I do watch Jaws oh, often. Okay. Okay. Um, probably not every year, but like I do find myself feeling the desire to watch it yeah often i think simply because it is a fourth of july right movie i thought um, you were gonna say the star Wars, the star wars original trilogy usa used to run it uh on the fourth of july that's weekend. true well also at this point uh spike and tbs or whatever uh maybe not tbs spike and something have run Sci-fi? maybe have run the original trilogy uh, marathons, it feels like three times a month. So <laughs> you know, it, it kind of is cheapened that a little bit. But yeah, right. you're right. They they did used to. And I think honestly, only because there's the the two big explosions and then the fireworks at the end of six. So they're like, oh, isn't that fun, cheeky that right. we're playing playing that to well, it's like do that? The, they used to show Wizard of Oz at Easter. Like before you they could get it on um on uh like video or whatever. Like my dad grew up watching Wizard of Oz, it would show on Easter. And that would be when you watched Wizard of Oz. That's really weird. I did not know that. I, yeah. That's not been a part of my experience. Oh no, my my neither. It's we we've somehow I've somehow moved us into television traditions like mm. network, like you know how TBS used to run a, a Christmas story, twenty four hours of a Christmas story, oh, where they yeah. just mm-hmm. to the point where I'm still not sure I've seen that movie linearly. and it might be that you have but because you have seen it so many times all out of context you're not sure where it actually starts who could tell yeah exactly for sure Um, yeah I'm trying to think there's for sure gotta be at least one or two other like weird traditions or whatever I mean like I'll tell you this like a tradition that like again uh, harkens back for ages like my grandfather did this with my dad and then uh, it continued on with with him to me um was reading twas the night before christmas on the night before christmas yeah. and like you know even yeah. even this past year um you know at the time of this recording and at the time of that uh, event i was 31 years old yeah right i'm 31 uh and my dad still came over and we did uh yeah we made the the, the christmas cookies for ourselves and for santa and then we read twas the night before christmas and then Pretty much once I was old enough to like read, read, 
And I mean like, you know, like extremely comfortably well. So like probably like 12, 13, somewhere in there um, where there was no like, wait, what is this word again? Kind of thing. Um, right. Breast. I, well, he, yeah, I started reading. No, no, no. Uh, my dad still reads that, but okay. I read tw- uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, okay. So we always read at, at the very least those two. There's a p- bunch of other like Christmas books and stuff like that that we've read over the years, but like those two are like always the staples that get read at the house every single year. Hey, I like this tradition talk. We should do it. Make often. It a tradition. Yeah. Uh, I have another tradition that I'd like to keep if that's possible. Yeah, what's that? I'd like to do an Avengers Ensemble. Yes, please. Avengers Ensemble. So this is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3, Episode 16. It's called Paradise Lost, after the book Mm -hmm. in which the stone is kept by John Milton, noted blind epic poet. Uh, It aired on April 12th, 2016, which, as I was talking about why that date, I'm like, is it just like when the show aired? They're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, April 1970. Uh, It was directed by Wendy Stansler. Uh, She also directed Season 3, Episode 19, Famous for the Mayan Man. Uh, we covered her very, very early on in uh, the run of this show. I looked her up. She does not have any notable nerdy-related updates. Um, the show was written by George Kitson, who also wrote Season 7, Episode 1, The New Deal. Uh, the New Deal with him is the same deal as it was with Wendy Stansler. There's not really any nerdy updates for him. Uh, he wrote it alongside Sharla Oliver, uh, who we haven't covered before, Um we haven't covered all of her works. Shall her go on? <laughs> um, so she uh, she wrote one episode of Under the Dome. Uh, she wrote about five episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But like her credits say like 46 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But that's because she was the story editor, which they put under the same sort of category. Sure, as writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she did a lot of story editing and like some writing. Uh, getting into the actors, young Gideon Malik is played by a guy named Cameron Pilatus. Um, he was in one other episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., not as Gideon Malik, I think. I'm not positive about that. Uh, he was in a movie called How My Dad Killed Dracula, which is, of course, the story of how Freddie Malik killed Dracula. Uh-huh. Um, and he was in a video game called Time Shift, which I don't know what it's about, but I do desperately want to play it. And finally, he was in a movie called... It's called uh, F*** the Prom. Then uh, Nathaniel Malik is played by a guy named Joel Courtney, who was in the excellent and not often referenced movie Super 8, which is very good. Um, mm, and he yeah, was also in F*** the Prom. Mm. Similarly, believe it, you know, like you did before. With, with, don't cut me saying that, though. <laughs> um, uh, the mourner that comes up and is like, hey, still racist? And they're like, yep. Um, <laughs> is played by a guy named Henry LeBlanc. Um, Matt LeBlanc's younger brother, Henry. Oh, I'm just joking. So funny. Still <laughs> um, racist? Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, we'll carry on that tradition. Keep, keep um, that going. <laughs> what's a tradition you thought would uh, would be wrapped up a lot sooner than it was? Oh, our uh, standardized systemic racism. Oh, oh, it's the American way. Uh, one episode of American Horror Stories. One episode of Mad Men. One episode of Scrubs. Colin's favorite show, Scrubs, and one episode <laughs> of Twenty Four. Uh, the Hydra agent, who's one of the guys that's like, "Hey, get in the car," um, but not the other guy. Because he doesn't get because in in Agents of Shield you only get one one guy gets credit and the other guy is also there. Um, we're going to see him a, in a little bit in season seven as a Chronicom. 
um, but he's not here, presumably. Um, he was also in the movie Us. Uh, he was in three episodes of Westward, and if anyone's listened to this show before, that is my standard autocorrect from Westworld, um, where he could have possibly played a very Chronicom-like uh, character. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, one episode of Castle. He plays a World War II Russian soldier in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. So we might see him in 1991, which is mm-hmm. the only time I can think of there being a World War II Russian soldier in Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Super 8, if you can believe it. Um, <laughs> uh, he was in one episode of Chuck and one episode of Flash forward um the only other thing i have is uh that yes there is a there is a continuity error continuity error they in 1970 according to the uh episode the things we bury which i think was a season two episode so this actually has no excuse for making this error um they established that daniel whitehall is a name he takes after he gets out of prison in 1990 is 1970 and of course Werner reinhardt is still in prison so he wouldn't be going by Daniel Whitehall yet. Right. All right, Colin, with that, shall I carry on the tradition of getting us the heck out of here? Yes, please. Great. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. That's going to do it for us for today. As always, I am James Anderson. I'm Colin Barker. All right, we're going to, Colin, we're going to draw stones to see who is going to say the Excelsior. Okay, sure. All right. Ready? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And uh, I got this one. Oh, oh, all right. Well, Excelsior. Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.